0: Welcome to another episode of 100 Podcasts at 100 Weeks. This is episode 18 and we're talking about working with developers. And uh, I'm joined by Reza V, my co-host today. I'm also joined by Nick, a new team member who is helping us with production. And uh, for those listening right now, we are uh, coming to you from WeWork in downtown Vancouver which is actually the first time we are stepping out from the Zoom calls uh, uh, type of uh, thing we had running before and taking it up to the next level. We also have Nick here for that. Um, exciting times. Rosa. what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm excited uh, for this episode because it marks, it paves a new direction for Hunter Podcast uh, with Nick joining us and with the setup, we're experimenting, we're trying to figure things out, the entrepreneurial side of us trying to figure things out. Um, And yeah, I'm excited. Today's episode um, is about the relationship between a non-technical person and a developer uh an entrepreneur and developer and we think there's a lot to uncover there
0: yeah i think we should definitely have like a technical person with us here today just setting up the cameras and you know everything took us like a couple of hours so i think uh before we were kicks us out of here uh, we should uh, consider that when we're talking with technical people all right. Cool. So uh, our guest today is, is Tal Kamitsky, he is the head of uh, R&D, and d lead at WalkMe, which is uh, a company that uh, he will tell you about in a second, but uh, um, really, very interesting company. They are soon to go IPO. And uh, before we get into that, uh, Tal, Mazaltov, you just had a baby boy. Congrats. Yeah, thank you congrats. so much. How is that? Yeah. How is that feeling? Oh,
2: this is this is a very exciting thing. Like uh, we need, like we have another daughter, but uh, a new baby boy is completely different game now. So we're still trying to get used to it again. Uh, but yeah, this is very exciting.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. So uh, uh, great. So Tal, as long as uh, we started, uh, please tell us a bit about uh, yourself and WalkMe.
2: Okay, so let's start with WalkMe. Uh, WalkMe is uh, like a pretty big startup already. About well, like nine hundred uh, employees around the world. Uh, we got offices all around the world, and we like the company. Basically, what we do is we provide a platform to provide a platform to create like tutorials and easy guidance on top of websites and uh, desktop and mobile applications. Basically, think about like balloons; that take you through processes and drive the users and your customers and your internal employees to learn and interact with your platforms better.
0: Yeah, like onboarding uh, that... Uh, uh,
2: onboarding, training, uh, engagement, yeah. uh, that's kind of stuff we deal with.
0: So we, we all seen it in different platforms uh, that we use. Uh, what, what are like the biggest uh, platform that use you that we might be familiar with?
2: So a lot of banks companies and travel companies, um, insurance companies, hospitals, uh, and we also have like a lot of companies that use WalkMe internally for their employees to onboard and train and do training, uh, and that helps them to avoid like uh, having B conferences, uh, create tutorials, videos, and documents and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, we have like thirty or forty percent of the Fortune five hundred uh, as our employees, as our customers. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big. A, a Big thing here,
0: yeah, absolutely. And now uh, I would like to hear about uh, a bit about you, you and your specific role as a, as a developer there. Uh, what is it that you're actually doing? If you can let us know briefly, and also consider that our audience is not uh, technical people. <laughs> this is why we have you for the tech perspective.
2: Okay, so my my role in WalkMe at WalkMe is like uh, very unique. I lead the R and D uh, group here in San Francisco we kind of uh, task for team, task for group. Um, So we kind of enable the business. We help the business, the sales side and the operation side to have more and more uh, uh, like sales and demos features to enable them uh, in the sales process to to enable the sales process and the demo process, the pre-sales processes uh, and stuff like that. So we work on a different, uh, uh, different methodology than the, like the uh, usual, usually working R and Ds. Uh, we work like sales driven development and demo driven development, uh, which we hit the production first. We get a feedback very very fast. We talk with the customers face to face. We and we have like a very very short loop. Uh, like the feedback loop is very short. And this is what's uh, so unique with our group. Yeah.
1: And tell, uh, tell us a, a little bit about how you, you, you got um, this job, how you got you know, introduced to the founders. And I believe you've been in this company for a long time. How did that walk us through uh, at the beginning of it, how that relationship started?
2: So I've been working at WalkMe uh, for an, uh, almost five years already. Um, And I knew the founder, uh, who is Dan Adika, uh, from uh, my army, uh, service. So we know each other. Uh, we served together a few years and then I joined the company. Uh, once I released, uh, from the service and right away, I like, you know, joined a company, start coding. I was a developer first, then promoted to be a team lead, uh, had my own team, like small team. And then, uh, the team grows and grows and I become like the, I got some, you know, expertise in walk at walk me. And I decided to move to San Francisco to a new role, uh, to, to engage a lot with with the business, uh, and be part of the business side and not just the R and D size. Yeah.
0: So, so that's interesting on a few level. First, I mean, uh, the, you know, developers that are talking with customers that's kind of could be scary sometimes right Uh, so i want to get into that but before that you said that you knew the the founder uh, from before and you had this relationship going and this was your uh, role into the company and we really want to talk about a a big problem that a lot of uh, founders have including myself and this is finding the right developer and whether it's an in-house thing that someone that you are looking to hire or you know create uh, uh, some sort of a relationship going that way or whether it's even outsourcing development and using upwork and platform of that sort so the fact that you knew the founder it's it's interesting to me because i mean this is probably the best type of uh, interaction
1: absolutely and i was just thinking to myself how um, that is more of an organic way of building a relationship with someone. Uh, whereas a lot of times you run into, you know, hiring a contractor, hiring, uh, a developer for your project and it's not as organic, it's more transactional. And which is exactly what Itai and I talk on this podcast, how we don't like things to be transactional. We want things to be organic, um, and natural. Now walk us through at the early stages, five years ago. Uh, did you have you know? Did you did you face conflicts with the with the founder? Uh, did you have times that that he didn't understand your point of view? We want to we want to explore that.
2: So, when I joined, we were quite big already. We were like thirty or forty developers, uh, like R and D size. Uh, so the founder was already involved in the business side more than in the R and D side. At this part, so we. But we had a lot of like, talks about, like, about the product and technologies and uh, directions, where we need to focus right now. It should be optimizations, performance. We should focus on UI stuff, new, uh, new features. So different, different times. So you, and then you need to decide your, uh, your focus, like where you put your effort. And, and then that's very interesting. Uh, the business, uh, grows really, really fast and you get more and more customers and then you need to decide like where to, where you want to put your effort, what, what are, what, what your customer wants, what, and that kind of like decisions we need to do like all the time with, with the founders, with the business, with the R and D managers, um, i think that's that's most of the conversation we had so so
1: sorry to interrupt um there's a lot to unpack on the second segment here and i want to save the juicy stuff for that segment um i let itai run into the to the first segment where we want to talk about how um, people should even look for a developer before we get into what you were referring um,
0: which I have a lot of a lot of questions for you <laughs> yeah so no problem the, the, the first I'm curious about I mean you are a developer so you have uh, you know the the insight that we don't have as, as founders and what attracted you specifically to to that company? Was it the vision? Was it, I want to code on uh, objective C and they do objective C. So I go there. (laughs) Was it this type of thing? Because I heard this from developer that they are looking for somewhere just because of the coding language or uh, the the thing that they are into in coding. Was it the vision? Was it the the code? What was it that attracted you uh, uh, to this company?
2: It was definitely the, the company and the product and the idea and the vision, it was definitely that. And again, we had a lot of uh, good people in this company. So I want to join them as part of like a big company and going with them to, and build this product. Uh, so it's both the idea, the vision, uh, the product and the people inside the company.
0: Nice, it's, it's not the code.
2: Definitely not the code. Definitely. Again, when you are a senior and you you have a lot of experience, so you understand that the code is just like syntax. This is just a language. It's not like the passion. It's not what drives you. Uh, So it's definitely not the code and the, the language.
1: I like that a lot because um, I Itai and I both are are um, you know having a startup, but it's at a much smaller scale and we're working closely with with a team of developers. And what I found is when I have my team excited about the project, I get way better results. Like, you know, they they really go beyond what they should to deliver. And that makes all the difference in today's world. You can't just expect you're paying and then you get a quality code. Um, yes, that's that's the developer's job. But I feel like um, you can enlighten us from, from your experience. When you are excited on a project, I'm sure uh, you had nights that you went beyond uh, what you were supposed to do.
0: Yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of... Uh, my process of working uh, with developers first of all i, I also work with the uh, outsourcing teams even offshore uh, back in tel aviv uh, i i tried everything and even here in vancouver recently i did look for uh, developers uh, and it's tough as someone who is not technical you know i i have certain tools to assess a developer but in the end of the day i don't really know if what they are saying to me is is uh, mm-hmm. i mean how can I test them? So uh, I think that is a, a problem that a lot of founders have. And I know that I have used your advice a few times about uh, maybe potentially assessing a developer or two. Uh, but how would you recommend uh, people with no technical background to, to assess if they have the right person in front of them? So two things,
2: two main things, basically. Uh, one is to see previous projects. And to talk and to see and talk with people uh, that they were working for. So if they had previous uh, previous project or previous company, they, they can give you as a reference. That's, that, that's awesome. So you can go and ask and talk and consult and, and see if, it, if it's the right thing to do. And the second thing is to have like someone to help you to have someone technical that you can hire or you can, I don't know, ask for a favor or something to, to join you and interview this, this, this programmer, this developer. And I think that these are the main things. Uh, one that is technical that can help you and previous projects and like other references.
1: So Tal, uh, I'm going to share my my story of how I met my development team. Two years ago, I had my idea for Ovu and I wasn't, I was scared to even approach developers. I went to the networking events in BrainStation. I went to, you know, different uh, events to meet software developers, but it it was so foreign to me that I was like, if this person says this is not doable or it's cost a lot of money or it's gonna take too long, it's very difficult for me to assess it. And it's it's um, it's it's an unknown land for a non-technical person and it gets out of your comfort zone. So I didn't didn't even go to Towards a startup because of that reason alone. And I was uh, leaning to my marketing skills and I wanted to have a marketing uh, agency at some point. And later this past year, I got introduced to this developer through my uncle and he was visiting town here and we went for coffee and I realized I don't know the technical part, but I like this guy and I can trust him. And there is something that, that, um, is happening here. And I told him, you know what? Let's take baby steps. We'll do a trial. We'll see how, how your skills are right away. I jumped on Upwork, got a, um, got a, uh, what do you call, a expert, like a senior developer. And uh, on Zoom call, I paid him, I don't know, $200 for one hour consultation. And he gave me a list of questionnaires, what to ask, what to look for. And I did that. But in my head, the priority was the person then assess the situation in terms of uh, what their skills are, etc etc. But if the person is not the right person, right guy no matter how good they are they can it just never works out i think so i i put it put the person or the the relationship on the pedestal in in my experience
2: yeah that's yeah just one thing before we continue can you move your camera a little bit to the right i don't see you
0: yeah i i forgot that he also should see us we focused on you know, this camera, that camera, and we didn't even thought about that Tal might not be able to see you. This is uh, so sh- selfish of us. And yeah. But but I so, mean, we had so many troubles setting up everything here, but uh, I guess that's part of it. Uh, so so Tal, yeah, I, I just want to add to what Reza said, also from my painful experience working with, with some development teams. Uh, and uh, from my experience, even if you start working with them, uh, the most important thing is to know exactly what you want, and you know have it down to the pixel level. Otherwise, things can go out of hand. Yeah, that's that's.
2: I agree. That that's very tricky. That's very tricky. You need you need to have someone to that you trust, and. And then you can be like not hundred percent, but very confident that this, he says like the right things, and, and you trust him and you follow him. Uh, that that's it. Like it's kind of when you go to the doctor and he says something, and you don't really understand what he says, but you you trust him. But sometimes you need extra uh, to to go to a different doctor to get to, to get his advice. So it's you know. You, you need to use your feelings when, when, when you need to get these words and when you don't and when you need to get another advice.
0: Like. And also when to recognize it's a voodoo doctor and you're getting uh, those type of treatments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, Reza, I yeah. think uh, that's a good uh, cameo to the next uh, segment. So uh, go
1: ahead. Um, so next I segment, to say a lot about it, so. yeah, I, I really like this part because uh, it's one thing to find a developer or find this relationship and, and begin the journey, but sustaining it long term is, is the big thing. And I, I got challenged many times. I had my concerns talking to external people to make sure I have the right person because I can't just, in my head, I was like, I can't just go to my developer and say, hey, um, are you gonna, you know, six months from now screw me over? So I had to go to an outsider to ask, uh, you know, how can I protect myself? But at the same time, I came back to this point number of times that it just came down to relationship and communication. I had to sit down, my developer and say hey these are my concerns um how can we work this out we want a win win situation and if i have the right intention and if i have the person that has the right intention we work things out and lots of lots of things that it's in your head and it's big it gets resolved very quickly um tal uh, what was the what was the relationship building part of this past five years i'm sure you haven't had uh, as you said you're not really um uh, in the development team, not on the business side, but still, you must have had some some development of your relationship uh, over the past five years.
2: So, relationship. So, you mean relationship with the business side, like how we how we but handle, like the yeah
0: with the business and with uh, with the business and with the founders.
2: So. Sometimes we get feature requests or like um, bugs that we need to solve. And we, we, we get them from the business side, we get them from the customers and then the AMs, the account managers. And they ask us, give us like effort estimation. Tell us, give us a timeline. Uh, is it, we can solve it or not? What, 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 like, what, what is your idea here? So sometimes it's easy and we give them a timeline and sometimes we, we, We have limitations that we we can't solve. So our approach was try to give them a solution. Try to give them something to work with. So don't tell them, hey, we we can't do it and that's it. So don't don't tell them the problems. Tell them the solutions or what we can do instead of what we can't. So this is kind of...
0: I love it when a developer said you can't do that. And so, eventually it gets th- th- done. This is, this, mean, is this, this, is, this is the approach.
2: This in, is the approach in our company. And this is what, what our founder says all the time. I don't want to hear why you can't. I want to hear what you can. Give me the solutions. Give me what, like, give me something to work with. Even if it's like half of what I, I want. If yeah. it is like a little bit, just give me something. And, and I can like digest it and, and, and you know, work with it.
0: Yeah, I love this approach. And I think that's probably what helped you guys scale that much and and soon to go IPO. Um, This is a crazy level of scale, even from when you joined the company. Uh, So uh, that's uh, probably demonstrated to be the right approach.
1: And, and, and I have, a, I have a, a comment to add that because I ran into so many times that the, uh, my development team were like, we can't do that. Uh, that's too difficult. Um, and then it had to wait till a customer complains about something before they get their act together. I was like, I knew this is coming. We needed a solution. So I really.
0: There is a solution.
1: Yeah. And, and all of a sudden they sit down and they brainstorm. and they're like, yeah, we can do this. I'm like, well, you could have done it from day one. So
2: I like that approach. I tell you, sometimes developers and people spend like hours to compiling an email, why they can't and the reasons. Like I can't do it because that, of that and this. And then you automatically reply. Okay. So what you can do. Yeah. So, and, and then you start a conversation.
1: And, and back to earlier point where I caught you off, my apology, but um, you were talking about how you are also seeing customers. And I think that's a very important part of the whole, um, whole game, because when you see customers, you, you have a feeling for the product that is going out there and, and you become yes. extra responsible about it. Like, for example, in, in, in my experience, uh, I needed the UI in a certain way and then my developer kept telling me, you're just picky. This is not, you know, and I was like, if it's up to you, you're going to give me dust to UI. So I need, I need a better UI. And then he didn't, he didn't think of it as a big deal until a customer complained and he realized that was a big component. So when, when you meet customers, the founder doesn't need to tell you, you, you're firsthand experiencing that. Yeah, I, that's, that's something that we,
2: we built, I think in the last few years. We, we, in order to create ownership and responsibility, uh, we split the R&D and our groups into pods, which each pod has like his own domain and ownership and specific domain in the product. And they meet, not actually like meet, but they feel the product, they feel the customers, they feel the account managers, and, and they talk to them and, and they understand that the needs and the, the pain points. So it helps them to understand the product and what they need to develop. Not just like coding. You understand the idea behind it. You understand what it should do and what problem it should solve. So that's, that, that's super important for developers to not, you don't need to meet face to face the customers, but you need to understand deeply understand what they are doing and how they use your product. What they do doing your day to day?
0: So I know that, uh, you said that they don't necessarily have to meet, but I wonder what that connection is like between developer and customers, because I know that a lot of developer are the shy type of people that uh, let me code, let me do my thing. And, uh, you know, to be able to interact with customer and represent the company, that's sort of a big deal. So how exactly is that process at WalkMe?
2: So most of, for most of the teams in WalkMe, This kind of process is just for troubleshooting and understand problems. But for our team, it's kind of different because we are going as a pioneer and understand the new features and trying to get uh, the feedback as soon as we can. So we engage with the customers. We engage with the account managers to understand the needs. So we go on calls. uh, We, again, troubleshoot problems or understand the needs. and that helped us to like close the loop very fast, and, and do the adjustments on the in the product, and you know like going really 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 fast.
1: Nice. That's... And and uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go go. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and th- that's great. And one of the ways I thought to bridge that gap was, uh, you know, my, my product is a smart business card. So I, even though my development team is overseas, I met them cards, I ship it over because I wanted them to use the product they're working on. I didn't want them to feel detached from it. But now that you say that I'm even thinking, bring them on zoom calls that I do every week. I try to, um, interview a few of our customers just to understand, you know, Quality interaction, understand uh, their their problems. Maybe I should bring them on Zoom calls. That that might close the loop even faster rather than
0: yeah. So Maybe we you use a let good... them do the the calls instead of <laughs> a, you. A good, good idea up.
1: that we we use it's you know the
2: service Gong. It's like a it's a software that helps you to record and like customer calls with okay. the sales guys with support guys. So we use it to see how the how how our customers use the product what they say about the product nice and then like we kind of get the get get the feelings
1: (laughs) nice I, I so far rely on hot jar just to see a bit of a, you know, uh, screen recording of how they interact. But, but the, I found out that the quality interaction of, you know, Zoom calls, Zoom interviews have been working best so far. We had another episode uh, around marketing is listening and we talked deeper on, you know, questionnaires are great, but having a customer oh, insight one-on-one is, is, a, is a whole different thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Tal, we are getting close to the end of the the episode and uh you know, I wanted to discuss about the process of you actually relocating from Tel Aviv all the way to San Francisco with the company and I wanted to understand again what made you uh, do this uh, move? What was the incentive behind it? What was the purpose of it and uh, where is it going? And I think we might have lost Tal, so uh, I'll let you... Oh, there is. Tal, are you back?
2: Oh, an Un- unstable connection.
0: Yeah, we, we do yeah, see you I'm now. Back. So, back. Yeah, did you hear my question, okay. by the way? Yeah, about, okay. about the relocation. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So basically,
2: what happened uh, was three years ago, uh, after two years uh, as a team lead, I decided to do kind of a transition and to change my 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 role. I wa- I wanted to focus on R and D and business side to and get a little bit more responsibility uh, and to be and to contribute uh, much more to the company as a company. So yeah, I talked to the HR team, my managers, the founder. Uh, we talked about. Uh, you know all the opportunities and and San Francisco was was a good a good um, a good thing because we so I, I I established the team here so basically it's like kind of a new thing
0: in the company we're losing yeah, Tal and, and let's see if if Tal is is getting the connection if not uh, Reza Let's sum sum it up. Uh, I think we have some connection issues, but I think we got most uh, of what we needed from Tal. Tal, I think your connection is not stable right now. So uh, Reza... So um, um,
1: his, his move to San Francisco is also an interesting uh, part. Hopefully we can get it at the end. But the, to sum it up, uh, in order to find a good uh, relationship on, on the development side, a non-technical person. First of all, I want to say it's not as scary as you think. I'm telling that to myself two years ago. It's not as scary as you think. You can figure it out. There are a lot of senior developers that are willing to help you sit them, even grab grab them a coffee. Go to networking, meet these people, grab them a coffee, ask questions. Um, And then when you find the right person, make sure your intentions are right and and communicate, over-communicate. Put things uh, forward as much as you can. Developers understand if they know exactly what they need to do, they 'll do a great job, but they can 't mind read and and that 's where things get hazy that 's my takeaway
0: reza first of all it 's so funny <laughs> that you 're looking at the camera we 're trying to figure it out so yeah so i uh, 'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. so not sure if I can do this, but I can talk with you i don't, we, we'll have to t- <laughs> to see what works for us uh, uh, but to go back to to the takeaway from the episode, I think you know the fact that Tal moved to uh, Vancouver, I was about to say he move uh, to San Francisco I think that demonstrate the potential you know even for you as a developer if you believe in the company and getting in early enough uh, of what could happen you can you know change your life uh, soon they're going to go to the IPO which I'm sure like is a really uh, successful event that shows you know that the dedication and work are worth a lot more and i think ipo is just the beginning potentially uh and the, the value for the, you know the longer term is, is even more exciting uh so i think uh, you know also developers should really focus on the maybe i'll try with a camera I, I lost my train of thought, but you got it <laughs> yeah tala uh, hopefully your video is yeah, back here. now so uh yeah, yeah. yeah one one uh, uh, we have yeah. a a couple of minutes left anything you'd like to share with our listeners uh
2: so about developers try to find your uh your developers not if he's good at code if he knows like the 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 specific language or the specific stuff or the platform uh, you you your current like uh product is try to understand like the you know the the developer and see if he's really passionate enthusiastic and and wants to to code and and to be part of your company uh this is this is that this is the much important thing like
0: Yeah, I love it. It it always goes back to to the same values that uh, if you have them in the same place, I mean, good things will happen, I assume. So uh, thank you very much, Tal, for joining us today. Enjoyed our conversation. Thank Thank you you for having me. Yeah, thank you for providing us the developer perspective. That's uh, something that uh, we both lack, I think, significantly. And uh, I hope it was clear. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it made some things clear for me, for sure. And uh, uh, next week, Reza, who we have uh, on the show? Next week, we have Tala Mubayan.
1: Uh, um, She's in a more of a old school, we were jumping from a startup to a more of a traditional business of agriculture, but she will bring a lot of experience Terms of cross-cultural relationships. She had to uh, build her family business once again in Canada, and she had to travel all over South America, India, Middle East to, to build these business relationships. And I think there's a lot of cultural, um, uh, cross-cultural relationships that we're gonna we're gonna talk about.
0: Reza, what do you think about the, the new uh, production attempts?
1: So today, uh, I realized exactly the type of mistakes to, to avoid next week. Uh, but I think we, we, we handled it well. But um, yeah, it's the first
0: time. The for, for first times are always challenging. I think that part of changing the mic will have to be solved for next week. But other than that, uh, I like the approach. And, and also, uh, thanks for WeWork for uh, letting us uh, film here and do the podcast here and uh yeah we are wrapping it up we'll see you next week on another episode bye